0: Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. So we just finished off the last episode uh, where, Alicia, you had just heard that uh, about the pulse shooting and I guess we're just processing that in your mind. Um, Where did that lead you? How did that feel for you?
1: Well, it it was surprising to me because... I think it pulled up a lot of things that I was studiously trying to ignore, mm. but that I knew to be true. <laughs> and um, over the next week, I just was depressed. I couldn't, I just couldn't do anything. I was so grateful. I'd already written my sermon for that week in anticipation of being very, very tired from camp meeting because I don't know how I would have pulled a sermon together at all. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. And one of the things that was very frustrating to me was how many of my friends who are Adventist pastors were, not even how many, like all of them were doing anything and everything but self-reflecting on the damage that Christianity had done to the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. and were saying things that are so basic level of humanity, Mm. like, um, just saying that it was wrong that this club was shot up or, that they're praying for the LGBTQ community, but doing it in a way and they, where they clearly felt like proud of themselves for doing it and yeah. they were congratulating one another. And the thing that was really, really put it over the edge for me is some of the Adventist churches in the Orlando area said that they would offer free funerals to people who had died. And somebody created a little meme of it, of how the Adventist church would not charge anyone who died in the snipe club shooting for a funeral. Mm. And people were passing this meme all over the internet. And this is love, this is what love really looks like. Like, you know, we, we need to be there for the LGBT community and i was thinking to myself what kind of a monster charges a victim of mass shooting in their funeral for a for a in their community for a funeral mm-hmm. like why would you ever charge someone for that yeah. <laughs> yeah like this is your community and people have been murdered and you're feeling so proud of yourself for the most basic of things and i don't i, I don't think anyone took them up on the offer even you know as if like i don't think they even went to like <laughs> i don't i don't know how they even extended this offer to the queer community you know and it was just it was just so hard to see the that tells you a lot about where the ba- someone's baseline is what they feel proud of tells you a lot about where their baseline is and if they feel proud for extending to a group of people really basic things that you would extend to anyone, then that really tells you something about where the baseline is. Mm, And at this moment, what the queer community really needed was for Christians to self-reflect on how they had perpetuated homophobia and harm in the Mm. society and how they had elevated heterosexism Mm. and really created a lot of problems for a lot of people in that community. Mm. And none of that was happening anywhere. (laughs) It just, it just wasn't happening. And, and that was really hard for me to watch. It was really hard for me to watch because I was in such a different place. I, um, was not even mildly or vaguely interested in dating women or coming out or anything like that. Like not in the slightest, that that was not anywhere in my consciousness and why on earth would I want that? But um, I was so deeply stirred by the pain for the queer community Of what had happened and it's like i understood intuitively like i don't even know how or why i understood this but i understood that for the queer community bars were safe places Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that this was a attack not not just on the community but on the community in their safe space Mm -hmm which is so wild to me because man. how did I, I don't, <laughs> how did I get that? Yeah, I man. don't know. And, and I saw, and I, I just, I saw the very, very few people I knew who were queer and the comments that they were making resonated with me 100%. Yeah, And it was, it was the strangest feeling because for so long you know, I knew I wasn't straight, like I wasn't an idiot. I knew I wasn't straight, but I didn't allow myself to think about myself as part of the community, but it was like so clear to me. And I started to feel connected to the queer community mm. just through this common shared feeling and reaction, you know, having nothing to do with attraction or anything like that. Just like I just knew in my bones the significance of this event and it hit me so hard mm. in a way that it just wasn't hitting my peers. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so it was rough and um, it was rough. And I remember the following Sabbath, you know, I had a whole different sermon prepared that I'd prepared before any of this happened, but I took a few minutes at the beginning of the sermon to say like the things that I had been feeling that we in the church have been ignoring the LGBTQ community at best. And at worst, we've been making life a whole lot worse and we've perpetuated a lot of negative stereotypes and a lot of hate and a lot of fear in the country towards these people and it's not okay and i'm just not okay with not talking about it and i'm not okay with not doing anything about it anymore and i don't know what that means but i'm gonna get back to this Mm. is basically what i said to my congregation and it was wild because you look around the audience you know while i'm saying that and i'm looking around the congregation and some people are like so uncomfortable and some people have tears in their eyes mm-hmm. you know and and you're just wow mm-hmm. <laughs> wow you know um i i said look we have a church that's behaving towards this community in a way that is frankly unchristian it's not the way that Christians are supposed to be growing up in the church as an LGBTQ person is not the kind of experience that church is supposed to be like according to the Bible yeah. not just yeah. according to some whatever ideas but Christianity is not working out for these people the way the Bible says that Christianity mm. works out yeah. so something something's missing here there's there's a black box you know in between what's happening and what the Bible says should be happening. And I don't know how to fit these two together, but I just had the surest sense that it was gonna fit together somehow, Mm. that there was something that I wasn't understanding. And I was just determined that I was going to study and pray and I needed to know the answer. So I was gonna find it.
0: Uh, on that point, though, do you think, like, apart from what you were feeling at that stage and the questions you were asking then, do you think that's sort of reflective of where the church is at the moment uh, in general, where we feel, um, and, and I know that you touch on this um, in the book as well, where we feel that our biggest challenge is reaching the LGBTQ plus people out there in the quote-unquote world, and um, when we seem to just dismiss the existence of LGBTQ plus within the church who grew up listening to some of, you know, a lot of the hurtful rhetoric that is often preached from um, the pulpit.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that there's been a little bit of shifting here, but not a lot. It's interesting that a lot of times this question is framed in terms of what are we going to do about the gay and lesbian because they never talk about bisexual people Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but maybe the the gay and lesbian and trans people what are we going to do about those people who want to come to our churches Mm -hmm. and the truth is that you know the queer community is not exactly busting down the door of the Adventist church (laughs) 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 right (laughs) right like it's 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 not like you know at pride parades people aren't like you know let's go check out the Adventist church like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not um that's not the main interaction that the Adventist church has with the queer community the main interaction the Adventist church has with the queer community is with people they have no idea are queer yeah or maybe they have some idea, but they're not really sure, and they're choosing to not know. Yeah. And it's largely kids, teenagers, yeah. college students, mm. young adults who are on their way out. And um, those are those are the, for, those are the ones who I think the church needs to be thinking about first. Yeah, is people who want to be Adventists or in the churches, mm, yeah. and um, yeah, it's often. It's often not been framed that way because the Adventist church has thought of, you know, historically, if you go back, the Adventist church has thought of gay people because there was no conversation again about bi people or trans people historically, it was all about gay people. And they've thought about gay people as being not Adventist. Mm. That's something that happens out in the world and some people they get caught up in the world and become gay and then they come back to the church to be straight like that's how yeah, yes. it was thought about yeah. you know and you can see that and and some of that some of some of that stuff just dies slowly people are more aware now that sexual orientation isn't chosen and that you could have any sexual orientation you could have a uh, cisgender gender identity or transgender gender identity And that none of that is your choice, but it still hasn't quite got to all the implications of that. Mm. The main one being that the main way the church interacts with the LGBTQ community is people growing up in the church who are part of that community.
0: So you're in the space where you're about to, I guess, embark on exploring um, what this means for you after PULSE?
1: I was not yet at the point of what this means for me because I was still like, why on earth would I tell people I was attracted to women? Yeah. Like why? Okay. You know, I, I dated men. I, um, wasn't going to go through that with my career, with my family, with my social network. Like why would I want to do that? <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. desire, no desire. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean even if you even if you think about separating it from any conviction about what was right or wrong, it was not something I wanted. But it it had created this awareness in me. You know, I I remembered comments that other people maybe didn't and I was much more aware of what the church was doing and what was happening and the implications of what what people were saying. Then I probably would have been if I was straight or cisgendered. I probably would have heard some of the comments by seminary professors or or speakers in chapel and I just would have "Eh, whatever this they're just clueless or. I just wouldn't pay attention I don't know anyway um that wasn't the case so so I. um, decided that the first thing I was going to do. was I was going to take. A much better look at the theology itself initially like what is the bible saying about this and i n- knew that i hadn't studied it as much as i should and i gotta tell you that's the case of almost every single pastor in the Adventist church like if you pa- people don't very few people have studied this issue in a lot of depth. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. I had read um, two books and some other articles and things like that. And I knew that that put me way ahead of most people. <laughs> <laughs> and so even though I felt like I needed to look at it more, I felt like, well, I'm probably doing better yeah. than most people, which is stupid. <laughs> but I just for some reason thought that that made it okay. But... Um, anyway it's 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 rough it's just it's hard to even really truly look at it you have to be in the right headspace to say i'm willing to learn something that could disrupt my entire life yeah so i was in that headspace though finally so i thought well the first thing i'm gonna do i'm gonna read and you know what i have never read anything more than a few pages um, of affirming theology and I need to do that. So the first thing I did was um, pick up um, Justin Lee's book and James Brownson's book and Matthew Bynes' book and Kathy Baldock's book. Um, Those were kind of the four main ones that I started with. So I read those and I still had questions, especially as an Adventist, I had some questions about Leviticus, which really, yeah, you can both relate, you know, you're reading Affirming Theology, and they're like, well, the Old Testament also says that we shouldn't eat shellfish, but we sure eat shellfish. (laughs) And
0: all of the Adventists are like, (laughs) well.
1: And it says says that the Sabbath is the seventh day, and we go to church on Sunday. (laughs) And you're like baseball Yeah, yeah yeah you know? like, not these
2: nothing. arguments are not working <laughs> yeah
1: like all right so I guess I'm gonna have to figure that one yeah. out for myself um <laughs> um anyway I still had I still had questions and um but I also was recognizing that some of this stuff made a lot of sense yeah. but I I was still uncertain about some things so I started reading what is often and usually referred to as kind of the gold standards scholarly wise um, book that teaches the accepted theology and that's um the bible and is it the bible and homosexuality but it's by uh, robert Ganyon and it's a big thick book of um theology and it takes a really exegetical approach it goes in and it for each text it just says here's all the stuff you need to know about the language and the questions. And here's all the stuff you need to be, know about the culture and all of that. And, um, and then here are my conclusions. And it was great because it was really well-researched and all the information was there, but I kept noticing again and again that he kept making these little logical leaps when he made his conclusions. Mm. And I was just like this doesn't this doesn't follow the way that you say that it follows like why can't it be this and anyway i just it just raised more questions for me than it did answers and i think actually by the time i got to the end of that very long book i was affirming
0: That's a great book to recommend. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah,
1: and I just I kept going back and and reading the Bible every time I, you know, every time he would say something, and I just read it really closely, and I'd I'd look at the original language, which I've let my Greek get rusty, but it was still pretty good back then, mm-hmm. and um, Hebrew's always been rusty, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, but but I would I would kind of use the tools that I had, and and I just. I was just like wow um he fundamentally misunderstands the lgbtq community and those misunderstandings are making their way into his interpretation
2: Mm.
1: and he's making these logical leaps like it's it's seemed evident to me from his very thorough explanation that what was being spoken about was a and what the queer community was asking for was B, like, there were just two different things, you know, it was really intense. Um, I was studying like all the time and making notes. And by the time I realized that I was, I was affirming, yeah. uh, it was still, uh, intellectual. It was, it was a theological conclusion I had reached through lots of study, yeah. uh, and prayer of course, Mm. but it was still, uh, intellectual and growing in the back of my mind was this very obvious question of if God really, truly didn't have an issue with marriage between two people of the same gender, if that was really okay, then what right did I have to be like, I'm not gonna date women because it's easier. Mm. And how could that possibly be okay to choose to not go through what this community is going through? Because I thought that I had an out, Mm. which um, at this point, I still was very much unaware of how it impacted me to close off that section of my sexuality.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think um, there's a lot of misconceptions that I believed at the time about how it's easier to be bi, um, which it's not because of a lot of reasons, but we don't need to get into all those. But um, <laughs> anyway, so 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 I, this question was putting itself on me, but it was so in my head and and it, it was anything but that. And I realized that I had to um, spend more time in prayer and reflection. So I got away to a cabin in the woods and just really, really did everything that I could to connect to God, to open myself up to whatever it was that God wanted to say to me, like, mm. Clearly, there's going to be a lot of implications to me shifting on this one theological point that really impacts a lot of people's lives. And I can't just shut up about it, and the church isn't going to be okay with it, and what about... It was just a lot. Mm. So it's really, 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 really hard to really, truly be open. I think we underestimate how hard it is Mm. to really be open and receptive to what God might want for us. And I was trying very hard to do that and, um, praying, I do a lot of prayer journaling. So, so just journaling and just sitting in silence and trying to be open. And all of a sudden, um, I sitting there looking out the window and I had just this very strong emotion, unconnected from any thought whatsoever, just this very strong emotion and feeling of joy mm. and just happiness to the point that I laughed out loud. And I just said, God, what is, what was that? Yeah. And the words came strong to my mind it's okay just it's okay and I just cried and just it was like this this release that like it's okay to feel the way I feel it's okay to be the person that I am Mm -hmm. all of the struggling all of the hiding all of the fear that that these feelings were from the devil or that they could destroy me and that I just needed to separate myself from them. I didn't need any of that. And it was okay and I was okay.
0: Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.